uh, Genesis chapter number 50 this evening. I appreciate the good singing tonight. Uh, my voice, for whatever reason, is nearly gone. Uh, hasn't been that way all day until church time, and uh, I guess that's how it goes. Uh, but I'm not going to lie to you and say I'm going to barely preach or not preach long because uh, I'm tired of making myself a liar, so I'm just going to preach tonight. Uh, <laughs> Genesis chapter number 50 is where I want you to be this evening, Genesis chapter 50, and uh, I want to read just a handful of verses tonight and preach a thought that the Lord put in my heart today, really, uh, uh, as I studied and meditated on the Word of God. Uh, Genesis chapter number 50 uh, tonight. Let's stand, if you will, for a moment as we read the Word of God. Uh, we'll start reading in, in verse number uh, 14. Uh, this is the last chapter in the book of Genesis. Uh, it records uh, two funerals. It records the funeral of Jacob, which would later be called Israel, uh, uh, the father of the nation of Israel. Uh, and it records the uh, funeral of his son Joseph. Uh, right here in Genesis chapter 50. The next book is the book of Exodus where Israel is leaving bondage. Uh, there's a 400 year time span that uh, takes place between Genesis 50 and Exodus chapter number 1. There's a lot of time that takes place in between them two chapters. Uh, Genesis is, uh, closes out with Israel going into Egypt. Exodus opens up with Israel coming out of Egypt. Uh, and we'll pick up reading verse number 14 tonight, Genesis 50. And Joseph returned into Egypt, he and his brethren, and all that went up with him to bury his father uh, after he had he returned to go uh, into Egypt, he and his brethren, all that went up with him to bury his father after he had buried his father. And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure uh, hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying. Now whether this is true or not, I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. Uh, but Joseph's brethren said, Our father gave a message to you, and here's what it said. Some men I read behind said it probably happened. Other men I read behind said that they were making it up because they were afraid. Either way, this is what they said that Jacob said before he died. Uh, verse 17, so shall ye say unto Joseph, forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. But now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought evil against me, 
but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Now therefore, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones, and he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. Let's pray. Lord, help us now, we pray. I need your help. Touch my, my voice or my memory. Recall to my mind the things that I've studied. Lord, give us the unction that we need to preach tonight. God, thank you. Thank you for your church. Thank you for your people. Thank you for your word tonight. Lord, I love you and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated this evening. Uh, I, I'll go ahead and give you the thought that I want to preach and then I'll take a moment to give an introduction so that it'll make sense to you tonight. I want you to get this. Uh, I want to preach tonight on this thought, how to live in the aftermath of the bad decisions of other people. I'll, I'll run it by you again. How to live in the aftermath of bad decisions made by other people. Uh, I have had to live in the aftermath of my own bad decisions. Can I get a witness right there? Uh, I have had to live with the consequence of decisions that I've made and the results of those decisions. That's bad enough. That's hard enough when you know this is what I've done and this is what the consequence is because of what I've done. I don't know that it's harder but it certainly isn't any easier to have to live in the consequence of a decision you didn't make, but somebody made for you. A decision that you didn't make, but somebody made and it affected you. Uh, that's where Joseph is uh, in our text. How to live and live right. How to live and stay holy. How to live and keep the right attitude when other people have made bad decisions that have affected your life. I could go down the list tonight, and if we told the truth, everybody in here would raise their hand and say, Preacher, I have at least some point in my life lived in the consequence of a decision somebody else made that affected my life. Uh, uh, you, you, you need help. I need help tonight. We need help because we have to live with those consequences though we didn't make those decisions. Uh, Joseph found that out. When you meet Joseph in Genesis, you meet him in chapter 30. He's born in chapter number 30 of the book of Genesis. Uh, the next few chapters go back to Jacob and deal with Jacob, but it's in chapter 37 where we meet Joseph really uh, and we are focused on him. He is the narrative of the word of God all the way to the 50th chapter. That's 14 chapters uh, dealing with Joseph uh, and he lived to be 110 years old and we meet him, he's 17 years old in chapter number 37. For 14 chapters, it covers uh, a, a time frame of uh, uh, what, about 93 years, uh, a time frame of Joseph's life. Uh, 14 chapters is not a lot. 93 years is a long time. Uh, and it is at the age of 17, you know the story, but I'll give you a quick introduction to it tonight. At the age of 17, Joseph uh, is a dreamer, the Bible said. God has revealed some things to Joseph 
and said that this is going to take place, Joseph reveals it to his brethren and his father and because of it, the Bible said that his brethren hated him. Not only did they hate him because of the dream that he had, but they hated him because he was the son of Jacob's old age and Jacob loved Joseph more than the rest of his brothers. Uh, he lives with that for about 17 years and one day his brothers are out in the field and Jacob says, I want you to go find out where your brethren are, see if they're faring well. And when he gets there, his brothers see him and the Bible said that they conspire against him. Uh, they hated Joseph and they set out to, to do away with Joseph for no other reason uh, that God had blessed him, God was using him, and his father loved him. You better be careful tonight. Jealousy will drive you to bitterness. Jealousy will drive you to hatred and sin that otherwise would not be in your life. Uh, be careful tonight what you get upset about uh, in the favor of God in other people's lives. Uh, we see that in church. I don't want to get off topic tonight, but we see that in church all the time, especially in young people. Uh, jealous over someone else's position or over someone else's ability. Just stay in your lane. Serve God with the best that you can. Give God all you've got and worry about your life and no one else's. Are you hearing me this evening? Amen. Joseph, uh, his brothers throw him into a pit. Uh, Reuben comes and rescues him from that. They were, gonna, they were going to kill him uh, and instead of killing him, they throw him in a pit uh, and the Midians, the Midians come by, the Bible said, uh, and uh, one of them says, well, let's not kill him. Let's, uh, let's sell him into slavery. He goes from being his father's precious son to being a man thrown in a pit to being a man sold into slavery uh, he ends up in prison for a time in his life. Uh, all of this is done because of other people in his life. Uh, I've never been to prison, don't want to go. But if I went to prison because you put me there, I'd have a hard time liking you. Somebody help me right there. I've never been thrown in a pit, but if you was the one who threw me in that pit, I mean, you're gonna have some stuff to talk about next time we see each other as far as I can understand uh, of my knowledge of myself. I've never been a slave, uh, but if you sell me and profit off of selling me into slavery, we're probably not gonna like each other down the road. I'm just being honest with you this evening. And yet, uh, Joseph is about 56 years old in Genesis chapter number 50. He's already forgiven his brethren in Genesis 45. He's loved them, he's cared for them, but now his father has died. And those guilty consciences of his brothers said, well, I wonder if Joseph was only being kind to us because our father was alive. I wonder if he was only being good to us because our father wanted him to, but now that Jacob is dead, I wonder if Joseph is gonna turn his back on us. I wonder if Joseph is going to get vengeance uh, from us. I wonder if Joseph is really over what we did to him uh, or if he's still harboring anger and frustration uh, at what we've done to him uh, all these years. 
They find out that Joseph had forgiven them. They find out that Joseph was full of grace. They found out that Joseph really is a picture of the Lord Jesus. And as a matter of fact, he's one of the greatest pictures of Jesus in all of your Bible. And his forgiveness was not dependent on them, but it was dependent on who he was and the nature that he had. They said, we're gonna send a messenger and we're gonna ask him. They begin to ask him. The Bible said that he weeps and then he tells them what he thinks. He tells them what's in his heart and it was all good towards them. Here's my thought tonight. Uh, I wouldn't have blamed Joseph for being mad at them. I wouldn't have blamed Joseph for being upset. He had to live uh, up to this point. He was about 56 years old. It was 17 years old uh, when he was sold into slavery. You do the math. He has lived for 30, what is it, 39 years. Uh, He has lived in Egypt apart from his family because these brothers of his made a terrible decision that affected his life. I wrote down a couple things tonight about their decision just by way of introduction. Their decision was a heart-wrenching decision. Somebody else made a heart-wrenching decision that affected Joseph's life. When we read the Bible, we, 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 we sometimes don't put ourselves in the scenario. But I want you to think about this tonight. Joseph is minding his own business. Y'all, y'all stay, are y'all, are y'all good this evening? Joseph is minding his own business. He is walking uh, through the wilderness at the request of his father. And when he gets to his brothers, he has no idea what they've got in mind. They sell him into slavery and that day when he left his father, it was the last time that he would see his face up for over 30 years. He missed years of his youth. He missed years of his young adult life. He missed years of his brother's He had a brother by the same mother, Rachel, his younger brother, Benjamin. He never got to watch Benjamin grow up. He never got to get wisdom from his father. He never got to hang out with his family. He never got invited over for Christmas dinner. And it was not at a fault of his own, but it was by a heart-wrenching decision of somebody else. There's people sitting in here tonight and uh, you, you, you uh, have had to live uh, with heartbreak that somebody else calls and you had nothing to do with it. Am I talking to anybody who knows what I'm talking about this evening? It is hard not to get mad. It is hard not to get bitter. It is hard not to get angry. And I don't know that there wasn't a time in Joseph's life when he sat in prison and thought, I wonder what they're doing and here I am in prison. I wonder what God's purpose is in all of this in my life. I wonder if there was times that he didn't miss home, miss the voice of his father, miss the love of his family, and yet all of that is out of his life because of another man's decision. 
heart-wrenching decision. There's kids growing up in our church and your home uh, uh, and your heart has been broken because dad walked out and you had nothing to do with it. Uh, Mom walked out and there was nothing that you did do uh, and there's nothing that you could do uh, to fix it. There are people sitting in here tonight that at some point or another a spouse walked out of your life and it, it, I mean, heart-wrenching stuff uh, that you can't fix, uh, that if you could fix, am I talking to anybody that's here tonight, that if you could fix it, you would, uh, but you don't have the ability to fix it and now you've got to live in the aftermath of their mess. Don't seem fair, does it? Uh, Somebody said one time, God's not fair. Someone with wisdom responded to that and said, you better be glad he's not because if he was, we'd all be in hell. I'm glad he's not fair tonight. But neither is life. There's a heart-wrenching decision that has affected Joseph. There's a home-wrecking decision that has affected Joseph. His home is wrecked. It'll never be the same because of their decision. And, and, and be careful what you do tonight. Think out your decisions because what you think's not that bad. What you think you'll never get caught doing uh, uh, is very easy uh, to fall into something that completely wrecks your home. That's whether you're a husband or a wife or a child. I've seen husbands wreck their homes, wives wreck their homes. I've seen children wreck their homes. It's a heart-wrecking decision a heart-wrenching decision and a home-wrecking decision. The home is torn apart. This father, they never gave any consideration. What is this gonna do to our father, Jacob? And when they got home, they had to lie about what happened to Joseph. They said he was eaten by a wild beast. They brought back his coat and and, and put some blood on it and said uh, he's dead. And for all those years, Jacob lived in misery, thinking his son had died. All those years, Joseph lived in misery, thinking that his brothers had betrayed him, and they had... uh, a home-wrecking decision. And who's got to live with it? Joseph does. Not only, just by way of introduction, is a heart-wrenching decision and a home-wrecking decision, but it is a hate-working decision. You say, what do you mean by that? If anything in this world is going to cause Joseph to hate them, this is it. They're teasing him, that's no fun, but he can get over that. They're, they're mocking him, that's not, that's not kind, but they can get over that. The difficulty living with them, uh, that, was, that was hard, but that's, that's not something that's gonna cause him to hate them. But the fact that they betrayed him, his own flesh, his own blood, they walked out of his life and they sold him into a pit and into slavery, uh, they sent him life apart from his family if anything in this world will cause such bitterness that you hate the very people in your life that you ought to love this is it I thought tonight as I boy I wish I had a voice I thought tonight as, as this afternoon as I studied this uh, of the different uh, things that I know about within the church uh, young people, adults, wives husbands you didn't make that bad decision, but you got to live with it. 
You, you, you didn't do that. Mamas and daddies, you didn't make that decision, but now you're left holding the bag and it seems like they're going on with life. Spouses, you didn't make that decision and now you're trying to put stuff together and keep stuff held, uh, held together uh, in a decision that you didn't make and you're having to clean up the mess behind uh, people that seem like they don't care. If, 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 if you live, if God has absolutely blessed your home and you live uh, uh, in the protection and the watch care and the goodness of God, you ought to thank God tonight. You ought to praise God tonight. If trouble never has come by your house where you live, you ought to bless God uh, and thank him for what you've got this evening, uh, but don't get too holy that you think it can So what did he do? How, how do you live in the aftermath of bad decisions of others? Uh, in spite of all that Joseph went through because of their bad decision, somehow he kept his heart right. Somehow he stayed right with God and with them. Here's his response when they come to him and they say, Joseph, we, we, uh, we, we, we really did you wrong and now that daddy's dead, we really are afraid that you're gonna kill us. Uh, please forgive us. And I believe that they were sincere. And if you'll wait around long enough tonight, the people who hurt you sometimes will live long enough that they'll realize what they've done and apologize. And if they do, allow them to do that. If they don't do that, go ahead and get it right between you and God uh, so that you don't have to live uh, in the effects of hate and bitterness all your lives and they rob you uh, of what could have been in your life uh, without that. Are y'all hearing me this evening? Uh, let me give you three things that Joseph does in response to what they said. Look in, look in chapter 50. Verse number 19. One more time, he's going to assure them everything's all right between us. Verse 19, and I didn't even alliterate it. I just wrote it down like it was. Verse 19, and Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? He said to the people who made terrible decisions that affected him, people who, who, who did things in his life that no one should do, uh, that caused him to live with pain and sorrow and grief and hurt, people that betrayed him, people that literally stabbed him in the back and was even willing to kill him. He said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? If you want to keep your heart right tonight, if you want to keep your mind right tonight, if you want to avoid being bitter and angry all of your life uh, and angry at God and angry at other people because of what's been done in your life, you better remember who you are. Joseph said, y'all ain't got to worry about me. I am not God. You say, well, what in the world does that mean? What does that, what the you don't owe me anything. Uh, what you've done was between you and God. Uh, I'm not God in your life. I can't clear you uh, and I can't condemn you. And that was helpful to them. 
because really the ultimate issue they had, they needed to apologize to Joseph, but the problem that they had was not a problem with Joseph. The problem that they had was a problem with God, and Joseph had enough wisdom to realize your problem's not with me, uh, your problem's with God, and if anybody's gonna clear you, it'll be him, and if anybody's gonna condemn you, it'll be him. You might wanna look a little further than me uh, and find out where God is and talk to him about the problem. That was good wisdom for them, but it sure did help Joseph. You say, how did it help Joseph? Because if you sit around all the time and you think everybody owes you something for the wrongs that's been done in your life, you may be right, but it won't do you a lick of good and you'll probably not get what you're looking for. If you're waiting on everybody to apologize to you, if you're waiting on everybody to restore stuff in your life, if you're waiting on everybody to get right with you so you can get right with God, you'll probably never get right with God because they're never gonna get right with you. But if you make things right between you and God, you can lay your head down at night and say, the problem they've got is not a problem with me, it's a problem with God. And what they did to me ultimately was not to me, but it was to God. Does that make sense? Am I in the place of God? Sometimes people would want you to be in the place with God. They want to be right with you because if, if they can be right with you, they can feel good again. But it ain't you that they need to be right with, though you can be right with people and you ought to be right with people, but it's not being right with you that they're looking for. It's a problem that they had. Them boys had a problem with God. Them boys had an issue with the Lord and Joseph had enough wisdom to say, hey, I forgive you, I love you, but if you want your conscience cleared, you better go talk to God. And if you are worried about condemnation, it won't come from me, it'll come from him. I think that's what Paul had in mind in Romans chapter 12 when he said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay if you think tonight retaliation is in your hands, you have put yourself in the place of God. If you think tonight it is your job to fix everybody and straighten everybody out and get everybody in the up and up and online and everything good and it's your job to manipulate and work and to condemn and to clear people, you have put yourself in the place of God. Joseph said, I'm not gonna kill you. I'm not gonna touch you. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm not gonna harm you. If I did that, I would be in the place of God. I think I'm talking to people that's listening to me tonight. These folks that go to Crossroads Baptist Church and you hate people for something that happened 20 years ago and you're gonna keep on hating them until they do something uh, to make it right and you know good and well they're never gonna make it right and you're gonna die hating them. Uh, and the problem is is you put yourself in the place of God and you think that they owe you something. And they might but you're gonna die waiting on it and you're gonna die unhappy waiting on it. Joseph said, I let go of that a long time ago. I'm not God. Vengeance is his. If anybody's gonna repay anything, it'll be him. If anybody's gonna fix anything, it'll be him. Are you hearing me tonight? Am I in the place of God? 
I can't clear you and I can't condemn you, but he can. Let me just talk real candid to you tonight while we're just talking. These folks sitting on your pew with you and you call them family and you don't like them. Everybody's looking around now who they're sitting by. You love them, but you're angry at them. Angry at them because of something they did that you thought that they shouldn't have done. And if you don't get over that tonight, it's going to destroy you. Am I in the place of God? I'm not God. And neither are you. Notice, notice this second thought, and I'm hurrying. I, I can tell I think I need to. <laughs> verse number 20. And Joseph said to them, Fear not, verse 19, for am I in the place of God? Verse 20. But as for you, you thought it evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Here's how Joseph kept his heart right in the aftermath of all that had been done. Number one, I'm not God. If there's a problem, you deal with him. Number two, in the middle of all of this, Joseph said, God's been real good to me. You meant it for, and he didn't lie about it. They said, we're sorry, and he didn't say, oh, it's all right, no big deal. Actually, it was a real big deal. You ruined my life. Hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Hey, be, be careful with your nonchalant sorries. Uh-oh, sorry. Sorry I ruined your life, Joseph. You spent years in prison and, and away from your family. Sorry about that. Joseph didn't lie to me. He said, yeah, you, you meant it for evil. Y'all tried to kill me. I know what you did. But in the middle of it, God's still God. God's still good. God's blessed me. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. And I'm not gonna focus on what I lost because look what I gained. Look what it taught me. Look at where it brought me. Look at what God did in the middle of, it might have messed stuff up in the short term, but God's real good at working problems out and he turned this one out for my better and his glory. If you're right smack dab tonight in the middle of broken things and problems and trials, don't get too anxious just yet. God's not done being God. God's not done being good. And when he gets done, you'll be able to turn around and look and say, look what God brought me. Look at what God taught me. And look at what God has done in my life. I'm just giving you the Bible answer that Joseph gave his brothers. You know who was worried about that all them years? They were. You know who lived with a guilty conscience all them years? They did. But Joseph didn't because he lived long enough in the goodness of God to be able to turn around and say, 
Yeah, you really tried to mess me up. But I'm glad I got a God bigger than my enemy. I'm glad God's better than the devil. I'm glad God is bigger than my problems. I know that sounds cliche, but it really is true. God is bigger than your problem. And what the devil meant for evil in your life, God can turn it around for good. And Joseph said, I'm not gonna let y'all ruin my life because in the middle of it, God has been good to me. If you will recognize tonight that you may be living in the aftermath of somebody else's bad decisions, but they're not really in control. God is. And God can work all that out for good to them that love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. You can live tonight in victory and say, man, that was terrible what happened. And it affected me greatly. But I'm going to let God be God in my life and I know he's going to do something. I know when he's done, it's going to be good. Somebody said it's not, uh, uh, we know all things work together, Romans 8, 28, for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Somebody said, preacher, it's not good. The Bible said it was going to be good, but it's not good. Then just hold on. If it's not good, it's not done working. If God's not, if it's not good, that must mean God's not finished working because when he gets done, it's going to be good. First response, am I in the place of God? Second response, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. What he simply said, God's been good and he's worked in my life in the middle of everything you did to bring destruction in my life. Here's the third thing quickly and I'm done tonight. Now therefore fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones, and he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. Here's the third response that kept him right with God in the middle of having to live in the aftermath of other people's bad decisions. He said, I'm not going to treat you like you treated me. Number one, I'm not God. I'm not going for vengeance. Number two, God's still good to me. There's some of you today, tonight, let's be honest. Let's, let's, let's be honest here for just a minute. You wouldn't be saved tonight had all that bad stuff not happened in your life. Your children wouldn't be saved. They wouldn't be in church tonight had everything not fallen apart at the hand of somebody else in your life. And because of that, you can look back with pain and tears and regret and say that was pitiful. But you can also look back and say, but in the middle of it, God saved me. In the middle of it, God changed my life. In the middle of it, God gave me a church. In the middle of it, God gave me a hope that I did not have. In the middle of it, God gave me a spouse. In the middle of it, God gave me children. Whatever it is, God's been good in the middle of it. And you can thank God right now that he's good in the middle of all of your stuff. Here's the third one. I'm not going to treat you like you treated me. Here's what he said, but I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. 
your flesh, your nature says, you ruin my life, I'm going to ruin yours. You ruin my life, I hate you. You ruin my life, I'll never speak to you again. I'll never like you again. You ruin my life, you ruin my home, you ruin my family, you ruin my church, you ruin my, whatever it is, I'll never think of you again like I once did. And I understand, no doubt Joseph was probably a little skeptical of him in the beginning. I understand all of those things. But Joseph said, the way you treated me, I'll never treat you that way. I'll nourish you. That's awful big words coming from a man who the people he said he was going to nourish threw him in a pit. Most of them, but one were willing to kill him. Sold him into slavery and made money off of him. He said, I, I know that's how you treated me, but I'll nourish you. It's not right. Listen to me tonight. It's not right how they treated him. And it's not always right how people have treated you. Now, some of you in here tonight, and you've got some legitimate issues, some legitimate stories. It's not right. Should have never been that way. Oh, are y'all hearing me? This it should have never been that way. No one should have ever walked out on you. No one should have. Not that you're somebody. It's just not right. No one should have abandoned you. No one should have betrayed you. No one should have treated you. I'm not talking about they didn't talk to you uh, when they seen you at Walmart. I'm not talking about they didn't shake your hand Sunday night. That's not real life issues. If that is a real life issue in your life, you ain't got nothing going on. Get over yourself. They probably didn't see you. If they did see you, they probably don't have anything against you. They was probably just busy. How many of you have been to Walmart and was busy wanting to get out of there? Every time I go to Walmart, I'm busy trying to get out of there. That's not real life issues. I'm talking to folks with real life. I'm talking, we got a Christian school over there. We got a youth group. We're taking the Bible camp next week. If you want to hear some real life issues, hang around for a little while. I got some of them that can give them to you as long as you want to sit there and listen. Somebody sitting in my pew is not a real life issue. Get you another one. But Joseph said that wasn't right. But I'm not going to treat you that way. Why do we think that we've got to treat people the way we've been treated? What does that do for you? What does that do for them? Am I preaching to anybody tonight? He said, I'll nourish you. I'll comfort you. And, he, and, and, and your little ones. And the Bible said he spoke kindly to them. I don't know how to explain this tonight except to say there's something that happens in the heart of a Christian that when they're confronted with truth, 
whether they admit it or not, they know it to be true. This ain't good for me, and it ain't good for them. You did me wrong, but I'm going to show you the love of Christ. And I don't care how spiritual you want to act tonight. If you're still running around trying to retaliate with everybody who ever did you wrong, it's not right between you and God and you've not dealt properly with the aftermath of bad decisions in your life. You can sing in the choir, you can shout just as loud as anybody, you can weep on the altar, but if you hadn't learned how to stay right with God in the aftermath of other people's bad decisions in your life. You're missing out tonight. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's fun. But what kept Joseph from getting angry and bitter as an old man was he learned that Bible principle. I'm not going to treat you like you treated me. And I believe tonight that the gospel said that would heap coals of fire on their heads. I was, uh, I'll tell you this and I'm done. You come to the piano. I won't tell you who. It's none of your business. I don't mean that rude, but it wouldn't do you any good to know. Wouldn't do me any good to tell you. I will tell you this much, it's not my wife, it's not my children, it's nobody in this room. I was praying a few months ago and I'd been preaching on the Lord's prayer that he gave us, the model prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Uh, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And I'd got to that part and I was praying after that manner and I got to that part where I said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I said, Lord, I don't reckon I have anybody that I've not forgiven. I don't think. I don't know, but I don't think. If I have, would you tell me? And immediately, I mean immediately, I saw a face, heard a voice, I knew who it was. And the Holy Ghost said, that one right there, you never have. You never have. And they don't even know it probably, but I do. I said, Lord, I... You know, but you don't know what they did. Does anybody hear me tonight? Lord said I do but look what it did in your life I said God I'm sorry and I'm, I went I meant, I meant sincerely God forgive me that all these years you've forgiven me and I've never forgiven them all the things you've forgiven me for and I've never forgiven them and I sincerely forgave them that night I never called them and told them because they never knew there was an issue and it, it wouldn't help them at all. It was between me and God. The 
between me and God. You were minding your own business and somebody made a terrible decision that affected your life and now you're bitter and angry and frustrated and it's not helping you at all. And until tonight you get it right with God, you're gonna get more bitter, more bitter, more distant, more distant, more angry, less frequent on these altars, less frequent in this Bible, less frequent in the church, less frequent in the will of God and you know good and well you can't afford to live without him. You know good and well tonight you can't afford to live outside of his presence. You can't raise your family outside of the presence of God. You can't live your life right outside of the presence of God. You can't make it on your own tonight. You need him. And if you're going to have him, you're going to have to learn how to get God's help to get over what they did that you had nothing to do with. You got enough problems uh, that you had something to do with. You got enough problems that you were involved in, but them things that you had nothing to do with are eating you alive. And God's got victory. I feel like I'm preaching tonight. God has got victory for you. God has got joy for you. God has got a life set out for you if you let him have his way in your life. Don't let them rob you of what God intended for you. Would you stand tonight? She's going to play and sing.